Hello there. Hey, everybody. James Arnold Taylor here for the James Arnold Taylor podcast. That's a coincidence, isn't it? It's a good thing I'm here because it's named after me. It's Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Welcome. It's called Talking to Myself because it's me talking to me and all the characters that I am. Why? Because I'm a voice actor. For many, many years, I have been a voice actor providing the voices for cartoon characters, video game characters, television, radio, internet, all that from Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi to 11-year-old kid Johnny Test, who's totally awesome, to Fred Flintstone, yabba-dabba-doo, I'm sometimes the voice of Hiccup Haddock, Christopher Walken, oh, whoa, wait a second, Doc, this is heavy, Michael J. Fox, Great Scott, Christopher Lloyd, I've even been the voice of Andre the Giant. Anybody want a peanut? To that voice that tells you The Simpsons is coming up next on Fox. And many, many other characters like Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, Tidus from Final Fantasy X, and so much more. And here on the show, James Arnold Taylor's talking to myself. It's me talking to me. And all those characters and characters that have been created especially for the show. Like, of course, Hank, our engineer on the show. Hey, Hank! Mm, yeah, yeah, hey, hey, Jet! I'm gonna do that every time you go, hey, Hank, I'm gonna go, hey, Jet! Okay, all right, Hank, how you doing? I'm doing good, you know, I was, uh, I was eating that bread that you had out there. You would, no, you ate the bread? Yeah, it was really good. It was, I mean, like, ah, wah. Okay, no, no. That was, well, first off, that was mine. And second, I was gonna talk about that. You know, I don't have sponsors on the show. I don't do commercials or anything, but I talk about things that I really like, okay? Now, for example, the official microphone of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, the Jackcast, is the SE Electronics 2200 microphone. So I say, go to seelectronics.com, check out their microphones, check out their products, check out all their stuff. They have amazing stuff. The microphone that you're hearing me talk on right now is the SE Electronics 2200, and it's a mic in the, you know, about $300 range. Amazing price for an amazing microphone. So that's not, I'm not trying to do a commercial because they're not paying me to say that or anything. I'm doing it because it's the product I use and it's the product I like. So when I find products that I like, I like talking about them here. Why? Because I feel like we, as what we call the JAT Fellowship, which is all the good folks, all of you that are listening to the show, like to kind of know what I like, what I do, what I buy, what I, you know, all that stuff. So you also know, many of you know, if you've been following or listening to the show for any length of time, that I have had health issues in the past. I was exposed to black toxic mold 17 years ago and lost my voice and got very sick. And as a voice actor, you don't want to lose your voice, generally speaking, not a good idea. So I've been eating a very healthy diet, organic whole foods diet for many years, no processed sugars, no gluten, no dairy, no alcohol, no bad stuff, no caffeine. So When I find things that I like, I really love talking about them and sharing because I also know that a lot of you that listen are in the same boat, are dealing with health things, are cutting stuff out, are trying to get healthier, especially with a new year, right? A lot of people made resolutions. And so I found a product that I really like and I want to talk about it here before I even get into the intro of the show because I just think it's very cool. So I want you to do me a favor if you can. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably already seen me post about this, but it's core eats mixes c-o-r-e-a-t-s mixes m-i-x-e-s core c-o-r and then eats mixes okay coreeatsmixes.com check them out why is that james well i'm glad you asked jerry the music man because 
They make really, really excellent, simple mixes to make breads, muffins, pancakes, brownies. Uh, I mean, you, you can make a lot of things even more than what they have there. Pizza dough. It is awesome stuff. It is incredibly simple ingredients. It is all really good, healthy ingredients. And it's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's dairy-free. It's preservative-free. It's, it's refined sugar-free. It's so good and simple and easy to do. I get a mix of this stuff. I throw it in a little mixing bowl with a couple of eggs, a tablespoon of olive oil, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, three-quarters of a cup of my favorite milk, which would be like a hemp milk. I use hemp milk a lot. Cashew milk, almond milk, a coconut milk, one of those. Mix all that up. I actually, then, I do, I do, I sprinkle a little sea salt on top. You know, the kind of crunchy sea salt on top. And then when it bakes, ooh, and you get that little kind of, mm, that's good. All right. Throw that in the oven for like 45 minutes. Boom. You've got a little loaf of bread that is grain-free. And we don't do a lot of grains in this house. My wife has cut them out pretty much except for once in like a blue moon now. And a lot of people are dealing with that due to things like diabetes running in their family and such. So you want to eat as healthy as you can, right? Oh, it's so good. It's so simple. Just please go check out coreeatsmixes.com. And if you do, here's what's cool. Again, they're not paying me. I buy their stuff. I go to their website. I order their stuff. They were very kind to send me some extra packets of some of the mixes because I'm mentioning on it uh, on the show and stuff. You know, I didn't ask them to do that. That was just very nice of them. And I, they didn't ask me to talk about this. I just said, hey, man, I found your product. I think it's fantastic. I want to talk about it. Why? Because so many of you listening are like, I have dietary things and I want to get healthier and I want to do better. What do you do, James? And a lot of people ask me how to eat and what to eat right. So I recommend products when I find them. And that's why I'm recommending coreeatsmixes.com. C-O-R eats mixes. Okay. And check out their Instagram. I follow them on Instagram. I've posted about them on Instagram. Now check this out though. If you go to their website, coreeatsmixes.com and you put it and you make an order and it's your first order with them and you put in the code J-A-T in the little at the end of the thing where you have a code. You go to the code and you put in J-A-T, JAT. That's me, James Arnold Taylor. They're going to give you 20% off of your first order. How cool is that? And that again, I, you know, this is just me grassroots saying to somebody, hey, I like your product. They said, hey, that's really cool. If you talk about it, I'll give your people a promo code and they'll make a, they'll get a little discount because that's, that's what this is supposed to be about right? I mean, the world has never been bigger and never been smaller at the same time, right? We have all this technology and let's use it for good. Let's help each other. Let's help small businesses grow, okay? So when I find products that I like, like the SE Electronics Microphone or Core Eats Mixes, uh, the Ginger People, Eating Evolved Chocolate that I talk about and share about, I find these products, I like them, I talk about them. Why? Because that's just how it's supposed to be, man. We're supposed to spread the good word about good things that we find and help people that are doing good things in small businesses grow and grow and grow. Because I think that's just so important. It's kind of the theme of where I'm going with the show today, too. So, hey, check out coreeatsmixes.com. Check out seelectronics.com. Please do that. I'm going to see if SE Electronics would do a little promo code as well. That way, see, it. what it does is it helps you and me. It lets these companies know that you folks that are watching or listening to my show are actually going and getting stuff from them. Because when you have a code that you can put in that says it, it was from me, then they know that and they can track that. And that's kind of cool. It helps them. 
And I mean, really, all I'm looking for in these things is I want these companies to stay in business. Why? Because I love their products and I like buying their products and I want to keep getting them. So please check them out and support small business. And wherever you have small businesses around, support those small businesses, okay? The mom and pop stuff is so important. The, the handcrafted, people doing things from, from scratch, that is so important. People starting their own businesses, support that wherever you can, okay? So, so important. Well, God bless us all. Uh, let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy to announce the big show, and let's get on with it, huh? Hey, Mr. Announcer Guy. Yeah, James. How's it going? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Can you introduce the show, please? Yeah, dude. I just finished eating some of that Corey Eats Mixes bread, too. Everybody got the bread but me. That's great. All right, well, do your thing. Cue that music, Jerry the Music Man. You got it, Mr. Announcer Guy. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages... It's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast, talking to myself, the Jetcast. On today's show, it's story time. Yeah, man. So sit back and relax, because here he is, the same guy that's doing all the voices you're hearing, including this one, James Arnold Taylor! (laughs) Well, aren't you clever, Mr. Announcer Guy? Thanks so much for introducing the show. You got it, dude. I'm going to go now and listen. Aw, isn't he sweet? We'll see you at the end of the show. Thanks, Mr. Announcer Guy. Okay, here it is. James Arnold Taylor podcast. It's exciting. Oh, so many characters on the show that come in and, and leave and go and all of that, but so many stories to tell today, and maybe we'll hear from some of them as well. I want to talk about teachers. It was on my Instagram a while back, and I was saying, oh, you know, I should do an episode about teachers and the impact that teachers have had in my life. Because I can think of no other group more so than teachers that have had a massive impact on who I am even today. So I wanted to tell some of the stories about those teachers that affected my life and give them a big thank you. And and here's one of the funniest things in the world. As I literally said that, I felt my pocket go zzz. I thought, oh, I'm getting a text. Now, I generally, you know, when I'm recording the podcast, I don't always look at my text. But I just got a text from my good friend, Robert Orsa, who is a teacher. (laughs) Oh, look at that. He's a great teacher. He has taught many, 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 many kids through the years. He and his wife, uh, she was a teacher as well, but now she's homeschooling their daughter, who is adopted as well from China, just like our daughter, who's adopted as well from China. And my wife homeschools our daughter. So they're all teachers. I'm surrounded by teachers. And, you know, people have asked me, will you ever teach a voice acting class? You know what? Just drop a little Easter egg here. That may be coming soon, where you could actually book a private class with James Arnold Taylor. I'm, I'm looking into some subscription things, kind of like like Patreon, but not Patreon. I think I'm going to do this buy me a coffee. And we'll be talking about that later, uh, coming up in the next few episodes of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, because the podcast will be affected by that. All sorts of things will be affected by that in a good way, in that there will be more content. There'll be more things. You'll get bonuses and all of that when I put this whole subscription thing together. Now, why am I doing that? I'm doing that just because, you know, for one, I need to be able to keep the lights on and I need to be able to continue to do this. I love doing this, but I need to be able to justify the cost of putting everything together and doing everything all the time. So I'm going to do that, but also because I know a lot of people just simply would like to support what I do. 
and make sure that it keeps going. And for that, I say thank you. So be watching, be listening, I should say, in upcoming episodes of the podcast when I announce a new subscription plan that will be coming and it will give you the opportunity to do things like get uh, perhaps signatures from me, uh, get private classes on voiceover, get to support the podcast on a monthly basis, which would really be wonderful, and and a lot of other cool things behind the scenes into my life, behind the scenes into my voice work and all of that. We're putting together some really cool little packages. So that's coming soon. But I digress. Let's get back to the topic at hand, which is teachers. So Hank, did you have a teacher that uh, was of, uh, you know, importance to you? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Barry. Mr. Barry. Yeah, Barry the engineer. Barry the engineer. And so, okay, so he was your your teacher in engineer school? Yep. Tell me everything I know. Well, ooh, okay. Well, I don't know if I should thank him or not. Hey. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, how about you, Billy? Well, Billy, did we have Billy the intern come in here? Billy! Oh, yes, sir, Mr. James, sir. Yes, just James. Just James. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you have a teacher? Did you have a teacher that uh, impacted your life? I mean, you're still young. You're still in school and such. Oh, uh, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and I do, I do have a, a, a teacher and a, a mentor, somebody that I really look up to, and it's you, Mr. James, sir. Oh, Billy, that's very nice of you. Well, no, I mean, it's absolutely true, sir. Okay, well, that's very sweet. Now, see, still, a lot of you may not know, Billy the intern here, young man, wanted to learn about voiceover and all of that. His uncle is Bob, who reads the emails here on the show. And we all know Bob. Let's bring Bob in. Hey, Bob! Bob, Bob, Bob. Hey, Bob, 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 Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. I like to say that. Oh, yes, and do dee and do doo James. Yes, hello. How are you, James? Yes, good to talk to you. Yes, all right. <laughs> so, Bob, you read the... You're in charge of handling the comments, and we used to do emails. Uh, I don't know if emails... Emails might come back. We'll, we'll see. But the comments on YouTube, the comments on Instagram, the comments on Twitter, and all of those places, you handle all of those things, and you bring them to me, and then you read them on the show. That's your job here at the uh, James Arnold Taylor Studios, the JAT Studios, as we call them. Oh, yes, indubity-dee, indubity-doo, James. Yes, that's my job, and I do it, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it, yes. Well, and we thoroughly enjoy having you here. And Billy is your nephew. And Billy, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. Okay. I was watching. Oh, man, I was watching. Do you all watch The Repair Shop? My goodness, if you are not watching The Repair Shop, it is a BBC show. It's a, it's a, it's a British show. Okay. So The Repair Shop. One of the most heartwarming, beautiful, simple, wonderful shows on television today the repair shop. I could watch the repair shop every day, all day, every day. I could. I love it. Jay Blades and all the folks there. Man, oh man, what a perfect show it is. Please do yourself a favor. It's Now it's moved. It was on Netflix and they were kind of, they, they had season one and season two and then they took those off and put season three on, but then it was like, hey, come on. And now all four seasons that are available in the States are on the Discovery Plus app. Now, I don't know if you all do all these streaming services and stuff. It gets expensive, I know. But the Discovery Plus app, I really like. Why? Because it's got HGTV. It's got the Magnolia Network. It's got the repair shop now. And I'm a sucker for all that stuff. If I'm going to watch stuff, you know, I like those kind of shows. I love Chip and Joanna Gaines. And I love Hometown, uh, folks on that and all those shows. But the repair shop, oh my goodness, beautiful. And... 
I was watching that last night and they said, Bob's your uncle. That's a long way around for a joke, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, Bob and Billy. So um, Billy here, uh, very kind to say that I am a mentor and a favorite teacher of his. That's very nice of you, Billy. Well, no, it's just the truth, Mr. James. It's just truth, truth be told. Well, okay, okay. Well, that's very nice. And Bob, how about you? Did you have a teacher in your life that made a difference? Oh, and dee doo and dee dee yes. It was uh, Mr. Edwards. Mr. <laughs> Do you have to say it like that? Mr. Edwards. Oh, and Mr. Edwards. And uh, Mr. Edwards was, um, was uh, wonderful, and he taught me the Dewey Decimal System. The Dewey Decimal. I haven't heard the Dewey Decimal System in a long time. Do you all know what the Dewey Decimal System is? So when I was a kid, man, and this will come back to teachers. Believe me. Believe me. You think I'm off on a tangent. I'm not. I was in seventh grade, the teacher's assistant. See, see what I did in the library at my school at the junior high. Now we call the junior high. Some people call it middle school, but for us, it was junior high because it was just seventh and eighth grade. And I went to Goleta Valley junior high in Santa Barbara, California, or in Goleta actually, but Goleta is a suburb of Santa Barbara. And I went to Goleta Valley junior high and I was in there. I believe it was Mrs. Mescal was the librarian. And I was her assistant. I was the, the aide in the library for a period, you know, each day. You know, I was, I want to say it was like third period or something like that. And I got, and I got an award for being the, the best teacher's aide in the library. I loved it. And the Dewey Decimal System was a huge part of that. Let's, you know, hey, let's bring in Jerry the Music Man. Hey, Jerry the Music Man, can you come in? Yeah, you're always over in the other, but come on in. Yeah, James. It's good to see you, Jerry. Great to see you too, James. Now, you're kind of an old-time radio guy. I bet you you know about things like the Dewey Decimal System as well, right? I certainly do, James. It's how I keep track of all the music here at the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Really? That's amazing. Okay. Well, uh, so uh, could you give us a little idea of what the Dewey Decimal System was and is? I mean, it still is, yeah. It'd be my pleasure, James. First, let me give myself some music to read to. Okay. The Dewey Decimal Classification System was conceived by Melville Dewey in 1873 and first published in 1876. Ah, no kidding. It is a general knowledge organization tool that is continuously revised to keep pace with knowledge. Interesting. Libraries in more than 138 countries use the Dewey Decimal System to organize and provide access to their collections. Right, right, right. Back to you, James. Thank you. Jerry the Music Man, for enlightening us on the Dewey Decimal System. You got it, James. I'll be over here now. Oh, okay, just right over there. Okay. So, yeah, I loved the library. I would spend time in the library. I would, in the card catalog and the Dewey Decimal System, and that's how, the Dewey Decimal System is how you would manage all of the, you know, the catalogs. Because now it's all on computer. It's all just a big computer, I'm sure. But back then we had these big, beautiful wooden cases that were in the middle of the library. And if you wanted to find any information about anything, you'd go there to the big card catalog and you'd scroll through, you'd look through. Well, I say scroll. Now you're all thinking of swiping with your phones and stuff. It was totally different. It was a bunch of cards stacked in there, actual paper or like a thick paper stock. And it had all the information typed on it. 
Sometimes things were handwritten in and there were codes, there were numbers, a number code with letters and numbers that kept track of everything. So you would know, okay, in the history category, oh, I need to find a book on Abraham Lincoln. Well, okay, I'm going to go over there and it's like A495. Oh, let me go over there. And then I find the book A495. Oh, there it is. And that was how it worked. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. It was just, it was nothing more comforting than being in a library surrounded with quiet and books. And, oh, I still, you know, I'm very sensitive to smells and stuff nowadays, but still to this day, if I walk into like an old bookstore, there is a bookstore where I live that is a wonderful bookstore. It It is like the perfect I don't know if you ever saw like Joan of Arcadia. Did anybody ever watch Joan of Arcadia? That was, I loved that show. It was only a few seasons and it got ripped off. They should have done another season. It was going to get really good. And I wish they hadn't, but uh, canceled it, but they canceled it. Anyways, she worked in a bookstore and it was like, oh, this is, and this bookstore that, that I go to, Landmark Books, wonderful old bookstore. They have just books everywhere. They have new used. They have first editions. They have signed copies. They had like a Winston Churchill signed copy. They had a Hemingway signed copy. They can get various books. They can get any book really, you know. Oh man, I love it. And so we go in there and I just, uh, I just love that you're surrounded by knowledge and things and stories and people's experiences in life. Oh, humanity. Okay. I'm going to tell some stories about the teachers that affected my life today. Let's drink some water. Oh, that's good water. Now, it's very cold where I am right now, and there is little to no humidity in the air. So you may notice that my voice sounds a little uh, a little hazy. It's because it's just dry. It's dry out right now. And it's uh, it, the last few days, it's been in the teens and the 20s. Today, it's, it's warmer. It's in the 50s. Woo, look at that. And we've had snow. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. Neato torpedo. And uh, that's enough of a hint to tell you all that I'm not living in California anymore. But that's about all I'm going to say about that. But uh, so so I apologize in that my voice is a bit hazy today, but that is because of the fact that it's just very dry out there. So where do I begin with teachers? You know, teachers, I've, I've said this before. Teachers, they don't get the credit that they should. They get a bum rap. Hollywood, celebrity, they all get all the attention. Everybody, oh, I want to be like this celebrity. I want to be like that celebrity. I want to be this and that. And what everybody needs to realize is pretty much every celebrity, every famous person, every successful person was probably affected by a teacher that gave them the knowledge to do what they did and become that. It, it, you know, whether it was a parent teaching them or a teacher in class or a, a sibling, a mentor, teachers are so important. Mr. Isaac Jenkins, Mr. Huber, Mr. Rosa, Mr. Pepper, Mr. Walker, Dr. Bauer, Mrs. Mescal. These folks inspired me. Mr. Jimenez. Yeah. Now, I've talked a little bit about it before. My childhood was tumultuous in that a lot of drama in there, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things. So teachers that took the time to spend time with me and to help me were really of importance. And I see now looking back the impact that they made in my life. And, and, you know, the thing is, is I knew it at the time too. I think most of us know it at the time, even if we don't want to admit it, that a teacher is really affecting us in a positive way. Because some teachers, you could be like, oh, well, and, and then you look back and you go, oh, well, no, they were actually really 
they were really doing something special for me, weren't they? But I can tell you, so if I were to pull out of the hat two teachers to tell stories about today, that would be Mr. Rosa and Mr. Jenkins. So Mr. Rosa was my fifth grade teacher. And I've probably mentioned him before in either a jet drive or maybe on this podcast or something. So Mr. Rosa was my fifth grade teacher. And I, you know, look, the thing that bums me out is, is because at the time, you know, you didn't get people's first names because back then we really respected, you know, authority and we respected adults. And so if it was Mr. Rosa, it was Mr. Rosa. I wouldn't call him, you know, Bob or whatever his, his first name was. In fact, I am not certain what Mr. Rosa's first name is. And that part now makes me sad because I can't track him down and I can't tell him the amazing impact he had on my life. However, I did get to tell him a little at one point, years after he was my teacher. But I digress. I jump ahead. Let me pull back. So fifth grade, starting of the year, Mr. Rosa. Man, he was so... What, if I could... if I Picturing Mr. Rosa, I can picture him in my, in my head. You know, the funny thing is, is who did he look like? He looked a lot like the actor Tim Curry who I've had the privilege of knowing and working with and even voice doubling for many things. And he looked like Tim Curry. He did. And he wore glasses that were kind of, you know, I mean, it was the 70s. So he had like uh, sunglasses type glasses, you know, that were kind of shaded a little. And he was just just a a wonderfully dry-witted, funny man who seemed to enjoy what he was doing. I, I believe that. I, I, I hope that that's true. I, I think it is. You know, he would do... So now Mr. Rosa would write a Halloween play every year. And then his class would put on the Halloween play. And every year at the, the grade school that I went to, which was Isla Vista grade school, because we grew up in IV, as you call it, Isla Vista in Santa Barbara. And his Halloween shows were the thing, man. And so he wrote them every year. So at the time, this was in the late 70s, Mork and Mindy was very big. You know, biggest show on, on the planet. And Mork and Mindy, Robin Williams played Mork, of course. And many of you know Robin Williams. Oh, hey, Robin Williams. Who I got to um, double for on, on occasion uh, through my career. Blessed to do. I was a huge Robin Williams fan as a kid. Steve Martin and Robin Williams were the two comedians that I was just, I just, would listen to their records over and over. I memorized other stuff. I was like, that's when I decided I wanted to be an entertainer. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I wanted to get into all that and do voices. And so I was a huge Robin Williams fan. And he, he announced at the beginning, you know, uh, that he was going to do a Halloween play and it was going to be based on Mork and Mindy. And it was called Cork and Cindy. <laughs> nice little parody of it, Cork and Cindy, Mork and Mindy. And so he writes this play and... I'm so excited because I'm like the biggest Robin Williams. I'm like, I got to get this role. I have got to get this role. This is made for me. So we audition and everybody auditions and I get the role. I'm, I'm the lead. I'm Cork. So I get the part and Mr. Rosa just, you know, he's just cracking up at me because I'm just a goofball. But he helped me come out of my shell in that because it was also a time in my life where there was a lot going on personally in, in our family and such. There was a lot of you know, I witnessed a lot of abuse. I witnessed a lot of stuff, bad stuff that I don't need to get into. So to have this kind of safe haven there at school in class with an adult that was really like able to kind of keep me in line, but also nourish the spirit of me that wanted to learn and grow and perform and all that. It was really great. 
So we did the the play and we rehearsed and I loved the rehearsals and all that, but we're doing the rehearsals and you know, you learn your acting beats and your, your staging and where you're standing and all of that. And it was really great because we, you know, we'd go and we'd leave class and we'd go to the auditorium and we'd rehearse. And that was just, you know, amazing. And he was a great director. He'd watch, he'd listen to everybody, every parts, uh, everybody's part, everything that was going on. He would take it in, you know, and he wrote these plays. So, I mean, he knew what he was doing. And I remember very specifically at one point, there's a part in the script. And again, I may, I've probably mentioned this before, but where it just said, Cork walks through the cemetery and ad libs a la Robin Williams, Mork and Mindy or like Robin Williams would in Morgan Mindy. And I saw all that and I'm like, well, okay, well, and I was being embarrassed, shy. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And he's like, yes, you do. You can do this. I've seen you do this. You can do this. This is what you're doing anytime you're goofing off with your friends. So just do it. And I remember he got a little like mad at me <laughs> and I got a little mad at him. And he's like, just do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I did it. But I wouldn't have done it if he went, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll write something out and you just... No, it needed to come from me. And he knew it needed to come from me. And I knew it needed to come from me. And every time we did the play, I think we did it three or four times. Did it for the different classes during school. And then we did it for the parents, you know, one time. So I think three times was the performance, actual performances. And every time we did it, it was different. And in rehearsal, it was different. And I did it differently every time. And I, you know, I, I do remember my first line still. This is the crazy part about all of this. This was uh, fourth grade. So I was, I don't know, how old are you in fourth grade? Nine, maybe? Eight or nine? So like, you know, 40 plus years ago now. Woo. And my first line, I come rolling, literally rolling out on stage as though my ship, which is an egg, you know, because it's Mork and Mindy, has crashed. And I come rolling out on stage and I say, Shazbot, I dehingled a doodle swatter and twisted a shadow nook. I lumped the escalator and shifted the bunk knuckle. Oh, in other words, I goofed and wrecked the spaceship. Zork will have my head for this. Hey, heck, where am I? Nanu, Nanu, anyone here? Any who? <laughs> I, I, I still remember that line. Isn't that weird? It is ingrained in me. And then he meets, Cork meets Cindy, and Cindy, you know, and because it was a Halloween play, obviously, uh, Cork experiences Halloween, and he's walking through this, you know, graveyard and stuff, and then these trick-or-treaters come by, and, but so, oh, he's walking through the graveyard, no, yeah. <clears throat> my Robin Williams is not great today, because my voice is a little funky, but, oh, Oh, yeah, look at, oh, yes, oh, it's, here lies Lenny the Loom, a long fellow and a bit of a twisted goon. You know, I don't know, I just, I would make stuff up every time, and every time it was different. And it helped me, it taught me improv, it taught me comedy, it showed me that I could do it, and it showed me that I could achieve things. And it was really important, and that was all due to Mr. Rosa. We ended up doing the rest of that year. We did other, I was in student council that year. That year, I really thrived. I was in student council. Uh, the next year, I ran for class president and lost. I lost. I did. I lost to, uh, to a girl, Kelly. Oh, what was Kelly's last name? I can't remember. Well, anyways. But all of that year, I grew in ways that I never could have imagined. Again, got into, like I say, the city, the student council we did other plays. We did Julius Caesar, and I was Casca, and we did uh, Taming of the Shrew. 
I was Hortensio. We did, yeah, we did a lot of Shakespeare. We did plays. We did all this stuff that just was really wonderful. And it was all due to Mr. Rosa. It was fantastic. And I remember he gave awards out, you know, they would give certificates and he gave me one and I still have it to the biggest little Steve Martin fan on the planet. And (laughs) because I would get up and I would do routines of Steve Martin and stuff. And and I think he just got a kick out of me because, you know, what fifth grader gets up and does Robin Williams and Steve Martin acts, but, uh, and does voices. And I, cause I was doing voices back then. And then I became known throughout the school. I became popular. I became the, the Mork kid, you know, and everybody was like, oh, you're the kid is like Mork through the voice, you know, and all that. And it was all thanks to Mr. Rosa believing in me and seeing my talent. And also I think getting a sense that maybe not everything at home was great and that I needed that, that stability somewhere. And so every time I walked into class, I got that stability from Mr. Rosa. And I'm just ever so grateful to him. And I know also that even now, when I'm in a studio getting on a microphone, because as a voice actor, you can have no inhibitions. You have to just let it go and just blah. And, you know, you make funny faces. You can't worry about what you look like. You've got to get the voices out. I mean, when I'm doing the voices on this show, and I'm doing Hank, and as you should see, I'm talking on the side of my mouth. I'm doing, okay, yeah, yeah, this is good. That's a pretty good impression of me, James. Thank you, Hank. Yeah, that was me. When I do Billy, I go like this, and I, and I bring my hands up into my face like this, and I'm, and then I'm talking through my nose, and I'm doing all that. Oh, Mr. James, that's a very good impression of me as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all of this stuff that I learned to do, I learned, I honestly believe, from that first moment there, working with Mr. Rosa, giving me that ability to just let go. And see what happens. So God bless Mr. Rosa, my fifth grade teacher. I pray he's still with us. I pray he's doing well. I got to, so he moved schools. He went to another school, Elwood, which was in Goleta. And I believe when I was in high school, yeah, he was working there. And I drove, I remember. So I was probably 16, 17. I might've been 17 because I might've already started doing radio. I I, I think I was actually in radio and stuff then. Because I went to him there. And I remember I walked up, because I, I found out he, he worked there. And I walked up, went into the school. I said to them, you know, I'd like to just, is Mr. Rosa here? I'd like to say thank you. And I, I told him, you know, I was one of his students. And I just want to say thank you. And so they said, oh, he's in the, you know, back area there sitting. He was at a park bench and stuff. I think it was like recess. And so he was watching some kids and stuff. And there were other teachers. And I went out there and I introduced myself to him. And I, I said, you know, and, and you know, he remembered me. But um, I just told him thanks. And I, I just would love to tell him thanks now because I look at my career, I look at what I've done and I know so much of it is due to the fact that that sweet man believed in me. So teachers make a difference. They really do. Whose life are you impacting today? You may not know it, but you are. Okay. Oh, and then there's Mr. Jenkins, Mr. Isaac Jenkins. I, I know I would not be the man I am today without Ike Jenkins. And Ike was my band teacher throughout all of high school. And he was my wife's band teacher. And he was most of my friends' <laughs> teacher because most of my friends from school were in band with me. I, was, uh, I played saxophone in band. If you haven't caught that before on the podcast, I talk about that. I played sax. I played alto. I played tenor. I played soprano. I was in the jazz band. I was in the marching band. I was in the concert band. I was in... Uh, orchestra, all, all of them, because I just 
I, I loved Mr. Jenkins. You know, I started picking, playing the saxophone. Mr. Moreno was also a very uh, influential teacher in my life. And in junior high, Mr. Moreno taught me how to play the saxophone. And then from ninth grade on, I played the sax and in high school with Mr. Jenkins. And marching band, I took to marching like a duck to water, man. I, I was really a, a very good marching guy. I was, I was a marching instructor uh, for the underclassmen when they would come up, you know, for like the band camp stuff that we did before, uh, a couple weeks before school started. You'd have that where you'd learn to march and all that. And I was my wife's instructor. She was right next to me and she had a crush on me. <laughs> Look at that. And then later, years later, we started dating and there you go. The rest is history. But so... Uh, so I mean, in that regard, I owe I owe my marriage to Mr. Jenkins and and school and stuff. And you can say, well, but if you're going to take music, no, but I stayed in music because of Mr. Jenkins. I really did. So Ike Jenkins was just oh my goodness, um, he passed away a couple of years ago, and that was hard. That was hard. Um, that was hard for thousands of people because he was such a light to so many people, and he was such an amazing man. And a and a God fearing man, a believer, and um, I can hear his voice in my head. I can see his smile right now. He loved teaching, and he loved music, and he knew everything. He could, it seemed like he could play any instrument, pick it up, and just play it. He was so good, and he was an amazing singer, double bass. Oh my goodness, a tenor. He could sing all of it. He just, he could, he could do anything musically and performance wise because he was an actor as well. And he also just showed me how to just perform. Interesting thing about Ike Jenkins. Um, so when I was in school and I wanted to be the drum major and I, you know, I twirled the baton and did all the stuff and all that. And I probably could have been, but he was like, James, I want you to be the band's manager. And the cool thing about that is, is that did not require my acting and all of that. It required a business sense that he somehow saw that I had and showed me how to get there because he knew I had the personality to do it. So in jazz band, I was, so I was the jazz band's manager and we won the Reno International Jazz Festival in my 10th grade year. And it was a magical time. And you can see Ike jenkins and hear him conducting us on that video it's on my youtube channel you got to dig around a little uh, dos pueblos um reno international jazz festival it's an old home video and i'm in the front row little blonde kid playing the saxophone and ike taught me so much about life but he also would just you know he had his office in the band room and you could just go in and hang out and talk to him and what an amazing man there's too many stories i have about ike jenkins that i don't even know where to start but I remember I was having a very hard time in school. And, I, you know, most of you know, and again, spoiler alert, or sorry to bring it up, but I did not graduate from high school. And I don't say that with any pride. Um, but when things were really tough for me in school, in 10th grade, Mr. Jenkins and Mr. Huber, who was my choir teacher, Mr. Huber, deserves honorable mention here as well. Uh, just, um, they both, I remember they, they, they pulled me aside and they, they talked to me and they're like, you know, what's going on and how can we help? 
And they did. They went to the administration of the school and they talked to them and said, he's a good kid and he's just, you know, he's struggling and, you know, dealing with stuff at home and, and all of that. And, but he's one of the most solid kids we have in our departments musically. I, I, in choir, I sang bass and, and Mr. Huber was so great. And I was, you know, I just, I was a performer and I just loved it. And I remember Mr. Huber said to me, if I could invest stock in James Arnold Taylor, I would. And Mr. Jenkins and I uh, stayed friends and we would talk through the years. And when I sang the national anthem and God bless America at a Dodger game in front of 55,000 people, as someone that is not a trained singer, other than, you know, what I did in school and such, I met with my dear friend, mentor, and teacher, Isaac Jenkins, who is then now retired and teaching um, choir at Santa Barbara City College. And I went and met with him and he just went over the songs with me. Okay, let's sing them. Let's do them. Okay, do it this way. Do it that way. And he just helped me. And the first person that texted me, <laughs> ooh, man, I'm going to cry. Um, because he's gone now. That's why it's hard. Uh, I'm at the I'm at the game, you know, and he's still, you did great because he was watching it on TV. Because <laughs> there I, I show up on people's television all of a sudden singing, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, to sing God Bless America, James Arnold Taylor. And there I am, God Bless America, you know? And it was because of Ike, all because of Ike Jenkins believing in me and giving me the ability there and to give me the notes and show me how to do it and how to perform it in front of 55,000 people at a stadium. And that was years after I was graduated and all of that. He was very proud of me and all of his students. You know, so many of us went on to become people in, in showbiz, musically mainly. But uh, he taught a lot of people a lot of good things. So that's what teachers do at their best. And on an average day, a teacher is affecting how many lives in how many ways? Oh, it's innumerable and it's wonderful and beautiful. And so this episode is just a thank you to all of the teachers, all the teachers that have affected my life, the ones that I've named and, and beyond, and all of those teachers out there that are listening that don't feel like what they're doing matters at times. Oh my goodness, it matters. If you're listening to me and you're going, boy, I sure like James Arnold Taylor. And I sure like what his message is. That is in part thanks to teachers like the ones I mentioned, Mr. Rosa and Mr. Jenkins, Mr. Huber, Ms. Mescal, uh, that made a difference in my life and allowed me to become and flourish in the things that I do. Yeah, it's true. Obviously, family makes a huge difference in that as well. You know, This episode is to salute the teachers that have made a difference in my life. And so I salute you all. I thank you all. And I thank all of you that are teachers that are listening. Thank you for what you're doing. Please continue to do what you do and believe and know that it's special and wonderful. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show, but I do want to say again that if you like what you hear, you know, you can put a comment if you're watching it on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider putting a rating in there, a comment, uh, you know, five-star rating, and then write a comment or a review as they call it. And that's great. And I'll be doing some more of those. I'll be reading those reviews here from time to time. And the comments, I read the comments. You can also make comments on my Instagram as well. So thank you to all of you that do those things. More to come in the world of James Arnold Taylor. Much, much more coming out soon. 
And I just want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to this podcast always. Sharing just bits and pieces of my life and talking about things that I like, things that affect me, things that are cool and fun. Let's bring in Mr. Announcer Guy. Hey, Mr. Announcer Guy. Hey, yeah, James. Did you have a teacher that taught you and, and inspired you? Yeah, dude. Gary Owens. Gary Owens. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Gary was a friend of mine, somebody that I knew and worked with and really was a hero of mine from day one because he was uh, Gary Owens, the classic announcer. I've talked about Gary before. And Gary taught you, Mr. Announcer Guy. Is that right? Yeah, man. Taught me everything I know. That is awesome. So many wonderful teachers that don't realize they were teachers in the world of voiceover. I could do a whole other episode on that. And maybe I will someday. Maybe I will. But the names off the top of my head, Jim Cummings, Frank Welker, Billy West, Jess Harnell, Maurice LaMarche, Rob Paulson, Corey Burton, the legendary Corey Burton, Tom Kane, my dear friend, Tom Kane, whom I love dearly. And um, I'm so sad that he's had to retire due to a stroke. And uh, some folks have asked about that. Tom Kane is uh, one of my heroes in voice as well and a, a great teacher to me. All of these folks in voiceover are great teachers to me because I watch them, I study them, I see what they do. And I hope that if you're somebody that loves voiceover, that's what you're doing here with this podcast. You're listening to what I do and studying it and watching it and listening and taking it all in and learning. Learn, learn, learn. Because we can never stop learning, everybody. Please don't ever stop learning. Do things to keep your brain occupied and active and well and healthy. If you're older, if you're, if you're an old guy like me... Well, then do crossword puzzles, do Sudokus, do puzzles, do reading, do things that keep your brain active and going. Get out there and walk, do some walking, do some exercise, drink some water, deep breathe, deep breathe, deep breathe, learn how to deep breathe and take care of your body. Eat right. Do all those things. Yes, they all matter. Yes, I have done them for, you know, going on 20 plus years now of eating and living that way and so i highly recommend that and if it's any indication how my life is and and when you look at my life and go oh that guy seems like he's pretty all right it is my faith in jesus christ it is my faith in god and it is the way that i live and walk my life with my family and friends that i try to put out there as a positive note for all of you and to be a light and a guide to all of you and i pray that i am today here just talking and telling you stories and talking about what i do so mr announcer guy do that legal mumbo-jumbo that you do. Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor Podcast is a production of YumiGo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by, you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme. James Arnold Taylor's Talking to Myself, the podcast. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Thanks, dude. Yeah, dude. All right, everybody. Please, please have a blessed week. And we'll come back soon. We're going to have, uh, you know, another episode where I'm doing every other week right now with the episodes. Although we may come back and do ones that are where I answer your comments and such as a different episode. And so then the regular episodes. But there's more to come. Uh, you know, another very cool thing I just did. I recorded an interview with my dear friend Trevor Duvall, who is the voice of Dookie, my dog, on Johnny Test. But he's Rocket Raccoon on Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the Emperor Palpatine in Lego Star Wars. 
And he and I sat down and talked for about 80 minutes. And now I'm going to take that and cut that into probably a couple of different segments for a couple of different episodes of the podcast. Coming up very soon, though. That'll be great. Subscription stuff coming soon, too. I'd love to get all of your input on that. Uh, you know, it's going to be like from 5 bucks to up to 20 bucks and different things in the subscriptions. And I hope all of you are into that. If you are, let me know. Give me a thumbs up or give me a comment on the YouTube or wherever. And let me know if you're into that because, uh, you know, if we can build a little audience and I can get more there that keeps it going, I can do even more things and that would be really exciting. So there you go. More to come at the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. More to come at the James Arnold Taylor Studios. Thank you all for listening. Be well. God bless you. And... Goodbye there. Bye-bye.